Welcome back, everyone. I'm joined here today by a dear friend and colleague, Pierre Bouchard out of Boulder, Colorado. Pierre's got a really interesting background in mindfulness, contemplative studies, but also in trauma work and psychedelics. And today we're going to be talking about how to embody the the trajectory we're all on of like human self-actualization and healing previous stages. So Pierre, it's a true honor to have you on this show. I I really want our guests to know like you've helped me so much in this journey. So it's great to have you on here. It's great to be here, Micah. Yeah. Yeah. So just as an over, you know, we kind of, that's a pretty big statement, right? This idea of self-actualization and embodiment, mm-hmm. you know, for someone who's listening and is already like, yeah, I'm out, you know, like, let's try to, let's try to like bring this down for them of like, what exactly does yeah. that mean? And why does that matter to somebody? You know, I would say that, um, what, what we don't know about ourselves ends up running our lives. Mm-hmm. And so when we start, in, we start on a, a path of investigating, you know, what we're up to and why we get caught in the things we get caught in, it starts to open a lot of doors of a lot more range and, and possibilities for, for freedom. So uh, to say it very briefly, I say that's how I would start about that. Yeah. I love it. I'm, I'm hooked now. I'm like, all right, go on. You know what? So what don't we, like, what's an example of something we like, if I don't know something about myself, how could I know, how can I learn that? Like, how do you gain insight to something that's maybe your, you didn't use this term, but a shadow or a blind spot or how do we? Absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, I think, you know, for any of us, right, it's sort of starting with what are the places we're having like a pretty outsized response to a situation in our life. Mm -hmm. You know, when our, like when our partner does something pretty normal, run of the mill or you know, like we're talking and they, they, um, they get distracted by something, right? And we find we're really pissed about it, you know, might be the moment and also might be something historical, right? Might be that, oh, actually, like when you start having an investigation into something like this, it's like, oh, actually, I am very accustomed to being dismissed or not listened to. And when my partner does that to me, all of these really old feelings from childhood come up. And then I'm no longer really an adult in that moment. I'm being totally kicked off into an emotional and nervous system signature that probably got set up before I was four years old. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm going to be responding in a way that's, um, yeah, probably less than skillful. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You know, and I can think about a, a hundred situations where that's happened to me over the past 24 hours, right? And maybe they're, they're smaller. Sometimes they're not so big, right? Sometimes it's not like a, totally. a rupture. Sometimes it's this really subtle thing where you're... Absolutely. Yeah. Like, oh, how did I respond versus react? You know, and I'm hearing that as like a big. subtext. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Love that phrasing. So what, like, what would that mean? Like if we're just taking that idea of reaction, right? Which it sounds like you're regressed kind of a previous stage of development, a younger stage, less mature, less cognitive, you know, what, what do we do about that? What's our, like, all right, well, yeah, I'm totally acting like a four-year-old. Now what? Right. Well, and this is where I think this, all of this gets really interesting, right? Because there's so many directions to take this. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways of, of healing our psyches and nervous systems. And there's, there's a degree of, I would say, sort of a choose your own adventure quality to this, right? Like there could be a, like, there could be a, a path where developing kind of a mindfulness practice where you're starting to catch 
when you're having these big responses and instead of exploding on your partner, you're actually catching like, oh, I'm really pissed at that thing again, right? And actually keeping it with you, right? There's also a path of doing, you know, deep psychotherapy work of starting to really heal that inner child mm. where, you know, people tend to have two different styles of, of dealing with these situations that are trouble, right? One, one we could call acting out, right? Which is, right, I'm going to shoot off at my partner when they, when they piss me off. The other would be acting in, right? And so instead of saying anything, I'm just going to assume, oh, well, I must not really be worth listening to. I must be like, it's actually not a big deal. And internally, I'm having a collapse in my nervous system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so both of these are trouble, right? And, and most of us tend toward one side or the other in, in, relation, in relationships. And so if we're looking at the sort of the psychotherapy side of this, which is really what I do, right? We're sort of looking at doing really deep work with, with that inner child so that like one, it gets identified. So we start, we start getting clear like, oh, when I start, when my body starts to contract, when I start to feel this tightness in my stomach, when I'm in, in this kind of a conversation, it's actually not just tightness in my stomach, it's information for me. Mm-hmm. This is really great information for me about what's going on. And it's about, um, that can actually, that can then be a road back to all of this information about your childhood that, that really can get worked through. It really mm-hmm. can get, um, you know, with, with the help of a good psychotherapist and, you know, or a men's group or so many ways softened and yeah, healed. Mm-hmm. And that, that we're no longer responding from that. Yeah, and then we get to stay adults. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> you know, and for the like... Much, much more of the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think for, you know, we have these two programs, Stabilize and Optimize, that, you know, some listeners might be going through. And there's that piece, right, of like, you know, a lot of us are looking for those competitive edges, right? Where it's like, hey, how do I perform better? How do I be more creative? Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, if you're spending a significant amount of time or energy getting regressed or reactive, like that's that point. Like that's why we're stabilizing. And I Big think time. just just to name too that that like when I hear that of like the psychotherapy, I just want to say like, hey, you know, which is happens to be one of your specialties, but like that's really a somatic based psychotherapy approach, right? That's not 100%. so much a very different than a behavioral therapy, which has value value, but it's also a very different process. One hundred percent, and it's really important to bring that up because you know most psychotherapy is based in in examining one's thinking and one's emotions, and that's all really important. It's also just limited, you know. If we're not using the channel of the body, I like to think of it's like we have like different radio stations, right? And it's like if you're used to listening to thinking data or an emotional data that's useful, but you're missing a massive chunk of bandwidth that's coming through to you all the time, right? And so if you can start to learn to tune into what sensations are occurring in your body and over time sort of beginning to develop a, uh, a schema for what they mean, you're getting really clear data. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can convince myself of just about anything. <laughs> oh, totally. You know, I can think myself into some crazy corners, you know, especially in the middle of the night. My body, on the other hand, is a bit more objective, you know, and that's not to say that like anything I'm feeling 
through physical sensations is an objective truth, but it's certainly an objective truth about the reality of myself in that moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that rings a hundred percent true. I mean, an, another example of this to, for those of you that listened to the Dr. Dale episode about spinal resonant frequencies and muscle testing is like, if you learn to listen well and you learn to ask a good question, we can literally muscle test our body, but we can also, to Pierre's point, like this is just a different languaging and a different way to do a similar thing. We're just learning, and I'll use the word like biofeedback, but not in the way that, you know, my expensive machines next to me mean biofeedback. This is like you're just very, you know, already built in sophisticated systems. I love that. Right, right. It's perceptual biofeedback. Mm-hmm. And and that's where, you know, we were just talking before this, you have one of my heart math devices and it's like, those are super valuable because it can help, you know, either validate what someone's feeling or explore the possibility that there's something else they can feel, right? Because there's a lot of this might just sound really far out for somebody. I'm like, all right, guys, you know, you're, you're getting a little far, you know, that guy's from Boulder, right? You know, it's like, well, maybe, but there's also a lot going on here, right? Absolutely. You know, and maybe to say around that too, you know, when I talk about bodily sensations in this way, right? Like there's, we can start looking at that from, from very primary colors, you know, lens or like, oh, I feel really tight or I feel neutral or I feel loose, right? All the way into, you know, <laughs> the entire Home Depot uh, paint department, shape, you know, of, of shades, Right. The, the, this, this is it's sort of its own fascinating journey that people can go on if they're interested. But behind that, what I, I think is important to understand here, right, is like when we start to listen to our bodies and start to just use the data that's there, what we're able to do is then be building these experiential reference points for what, what kind of state we're in. I mean, it can be as simple as like if you're in a relaxed, like if you're just hanging out and you're, you're feeling good, just tune into what that actually feels like in your body. What lets you know you're feeling good in this moment? Just ask yourself that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just such, is that basic awareness piece. And I, and I really love, and I want to like from a somatic experiencing lens, you know, we talked a little bit about on previous episodes of, I really want to just bring home that idea of like, orienting or bringing awareness towards your positive or stabilizing experience is so important. So much of this. It's like, if you ask someone what it feels like to be in fear or anxiety, you know, it's like, Oh my God, that's a, it's pretty easy to, you can connect into it really fast and it's a really powerful experience, but you're like, Hey, what's it like to, you know, to, to celebrate victory or an orgasm or something like that. And people are like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Right. Right, So we're like, it's really good. And that's all we know. Yeah. I like it, you know, and that's not enough, right? There's so much more depth that we can bring in. And that actually literally is part of the process of stabilizing your nervous system. And that's part of that process. So a hundred percent. And I'm sure you've talked about this on, on past podcasts here, right? And that like, it's just a reality that our brains have a negativity bias. Like we are built to be scanning our environment. It's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. And that's a safety. That's a safety. It's a primal. It's important. Big time, right? Like, yeah. like we, if any human being that didn't do that ten thousand years ago got eaten or murdered, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, or fell yeah. off a cliff, right? Totally. And so, and so that you know, there's 
you know, and, and we're talking about architecture that's not 10,000 years old. This is 200 million years old, right? And so all of us have work to do to develop around that because that's just going to be a reality for us that that's true, that we are going to have a, at minimum, slight negativity bias in, in, in our perception. And as Mike is saying, right, like if we are starting to tune into, I'm so glad my cat just joined us. Yeah. For those of you listening, the cat just basically jumped on Pierre's head and then it was pretty awesome. So. (laughs) Oh man. Well, and just to pause us and to say like, this is a great time. Like as you hear two people giggling and laughing, like notice how your body, like I notice how you feel with that. Right. Can I actually ask you, Mike, uh, like when you saw the cat just appear in the frame there, like, and, and, and here we are, like, what do you notice? What do you notice in your body right now? Well, I noticed, so it's interesting, right? Because we're talking about the prehistoric brain and a cat is a predator. So there was an initial contraction in my stomach and like an eye opening. I was like, whoa, right? You know, because I'm looking at a computer of a pretty static image of mostly just your facial expressions. And then yeah. all of a sudden there's this, uh, it's a Russian blue who's, you know, a pretty young cat, maybe what, a year and a half old or something and two years now. I don't know. He's, he's three now, but he's, he's small. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He's, so it's like, you know, there's a, there's a moment of startle, right. That happens in that precognitive state for me. That's like, there is startle. And then there's like, Oh my God, you just got jumped on by a cat. That's amazing and hilarious. Thank God it wasn't like a lion and you're not dead. <laughs> right. You know? So. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. So from over here, I, I'm very, you know, they get nuts this time of day. I've got two of them. And I'm pretty accustomed to it. And so when he, when he jumped up on the, on the couch, I noticed the top of my shoulders and neck kind of light up. And there's sort of a sense of lifting mm-hmm. that happens there. And it's like, oh, this is actually just very delightful. Right on. I love yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and, and back to sort of why it's useful to do this, right? I mean... So we have this negativity bias. And then I would imagine most of your listeners are, you know, they're focused on performance. They're focused on grinding. They're focused on making the life, their life as as good as they can possibly make it. And, And that's all fantastic, right? And if we're not also including how to really take in pleasure when it's available to us, then, then despite doing all of these fantastic things, we're kind of just training ourselves to struggle more, mm. right? And so there's a way in which we, we actually have to grow and stretch our nervous system into more of a capacity for, for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I, man, I love it. I mean, I feel like I've called you multiple times around that as, we're, as I'm hitting a growing edge, right? Just in my own career, my relationships or myself. And there's the, that way in which we can do it in an embodied way. Right. Which is, yeah. And I'm, and I'm really curious just to even use that word, right. You're like, what is like, I feel like we have a a shared implicit definition of embodiment between us, but I'm curious what embodiment means to you or even to bring it out to this larger community Mm -hmm. of like, Oh, that's a nice buzzword, but like, why would that matter? So to me, you know, embodiment is, I mean, to put very simply, it's like, you know, a lot of us have been trained through school and through our lives and through the 
particular culture we're in and time and place to kind of think of ourselves as uh, a brain being carried around. It's like we're, we're, we're this thing, something somewhere behind our eyes that's existing, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's the invitation implicit in, in, a, in a practice of embodiment, of, of, of going on a journey of developing embodiment is to find out that uh, we're actually so much more than that. Mm-hmm. We're actually, we can learn to distribute our sense of awareness through our whole body. Mm-hmm. And that we are, right, yeah, sure, sure, we're, we're a consciousness, sure, we're, we're our thoughts and our sense of perception. Um, and that gets to just be so much bigger. Mm-hmm. And that gets to be like, oh, like right now I can actually feel my foot. And, and, and why would that matter? You know, I think as, as we really learn how to more fully inhabit this body that we do have for as long as we do have it, that tends to produce a greater sense of well-being. And as we do that, right, like, again, you know, like, there's no living a good life. There's no living a life outside of this body. Like, there's no... There's no optimizing that doesn't also include this this body we are in, mm-hmm. and so through that, I think you know even the practice of like standing, just standing up and feeling your feet on the ground, and letting your awareness drop from up around your eyes to your feet, feeling the heels, feeling the balls of your feet. Feeling their contact with the floor, with the earth. You know, this, this for me also becomes, you know, a very like quick entrance point to remembering we're actually not so separate. Mm-hmm. Like we are caught, like we're walking around on the earth. We're walking around in space. And it's, I think it's very easy for us, especially in this day and age, in this high paced culture we live in to just to sort of, uh, forget that we're part of a larger situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, a quite wonderful articulation of that. And I think there's also a piece that you've mentioned that's so valuable in, in so many of these phases of like what we practice is what grows, right? That there's like that, whether, whether or not that's attractive, like what we were just talking about are these other things are things you want to do or believe in, you know, but what we choose to do is actually what we're sculpting for ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. So just beautifully said. Yeah. So like, if you don't feel attracted to that idea of like self-connection or connection to place or other people, which is okay. Like, but know that by continuing not to do that, you're strengthening that choice. Right. Or by choosing to turn towards this journey, you're also strengthening that choice. So, yeah, well said. <laughs> yeah, and I love the I love the simplicity of the feet on the earth. You know, I'm I'm curious in terms of like for our listeners that do want to explore this or you know, that's I think that's one really good exercise like what are some of the some of your favorite ways of of and maybe starting on like, you know, with baby steps of like just starting to feel the body and then moving into maybe some of the more Oh yeah. 
you know, yeah. Yeah, so two things come to mind immediately. The first being, you know, for, the, for any listeners, just take a moment right now. You know, most of the time, our, our, our sense of awareness is going forward, right? We're, we're, we're aware of what's in front of us, right? And, and in that, we become very aware of sort of the front line of our body. And so for any of the listeners right now, whether you're sitting or standing or driving, just, just try this little exercise where see what it's like to bring your awareness to the back line of your body where you're where your back is making contact with the cushion of your seat or if you're standing right just sort of feel like what what's it like to let your awareness live just behind you a little bit just behind on that back line sensing into sensation on your back back of your head And just see, is that different at all? And you might try uh, even sort of bringing it forward again. Sort of just the way you would normally be. And then just, and then bring it back one more time. Sort of invite yourself to the back line of your body. So invite your awareness to just hang out a little bit back there. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's something lovely about this where we're just sort of all we're doing, right, as you said before, right, it's like, well, whatever we focus on, we get more of, you know? And so what we're playing with here is just where we're directing our attention. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, and that there's, yeah, actually, I'm just curious, you know, if you're willing to share, like, anything you noticed. Totally. Well, and, and, well, I'm going to kind of, it's funny, right, when you asked that, I was having this awareness of disassociated people. So I want to actually touch on that after, but I'll do a quick little, you know, for me, I ended up having done a lot of work in this realm of self-connection for myself professionally, personally and professionally, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I feel like sometimes like, oh, maybe this is like really, like I do have like a, these classic spots, my my ears, my jaw, my eyes, you know, that I can sometimes get a feeling like that cold water on a hot day in the stomach, right? Kind of like feels different blood flow or circulation in my body. Um, you know, I don't love the chair I'm sitting in right now. Like I'm not super comfortable. So there's that little bit like a permission to, to shift, stretch and move, even if it's just a micro level. Um, and then coming back out, right? Like I like that contrast of like bringing the awareness back into the eyes of like, oh yeah, cool. All right. Engaging, you know, to your point of forward. Okay. All right. What's, where are we going? What's going on? Just like kind of reorienting. And then kind of dropping back down again and maybe less deep the second time around for me, just kind of like a, maybe like there's a little more commingling of both spaces on that, if that makes sense to the, to the listeners. But I I do want to say, you know, to kind of acknowledge maybe for the people that are like, yeah, dude, I felt nothing. 
you know, so I'm really curious to get your take on, I mean, I already kind of labeled it as a disassociation or like, you know, but you know, that's such a big piece for a lot of people where they're like, well, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about or I don't feel anything right now. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and there's a lot of potential directions to go with that. Right. Mm -hmm. One being that like, look, we've never paid attention to this. It can just be kind of hard to notice. It's just like, like literally the, 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 the neural wiring to access that kind of data is just relatively undeveloped for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. So there's a degree of just like, yeah, this, you know, when you're asking yourself to do something totally new, it's just very foreign and, and not, not a lot to it. Right. So part of this, right. Is I think for a lot of people, right. You're like, yeah. Can you just, can you start to notice like, real basically like is something pleasant unpleasant or neutral mm-hmm. and so so there's a layer of it that's like that right where we're just sort of starting to just tune in and and see like and just add, and like and and the thing is right is that in order to tune into this kind of data we're having to slow down mm-hmm. we're trying to do this at the pace that we think we're going to miss it Mm-hmm. Like it's just operates at a different speed in our brains and nervous system. You know, and I think, you know, another way of describing this too, I think is uh, what we're also learning in, in these kind of practices is a, a certain stance of receptivity. Mm-hmm. And if we're, you know, if we're, if we're high performance and we're always kind of on the go, we're going to have a very focused attention, right? Whereas doing this kind of thing is actually asking us to have a very soft attention, a very receptive attention. It's like you're going bird watching, mm-hmm. you know? And it's sort of like, I like to compare it to like, you're out in the forest, you know, and you're listening for birds. You don't, you don't have a sharp ear. Like you're, you're, you're kind of opening your ears to sort of like, oh, was, was that a cardinal? Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of soft, right? And you're just kind of like, Oh, Ooh, oh yeah, there it was again, right? Like that kind of quality. Mm-hmm. So we're, having, we're, we're, we're learning then how to bring that level of, that quality of awareness to our own bodies. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I love that, like even just as a suggestion for any listeners, right? Especially, you know, it's like that springtime, summertime for people. It's like, hey, the birds are out. What do you hear? You know, even if you're in a city, the chances are there's a bird you know, that you can hear. There's a bird, there's a dog, there's, there's a something. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and then to, to address something you said a little earlier, right? Like, you know, like what if people feel nothing? You know, the absence of sensation is a sensation. Mm-hmm. Like there's like numbness is sensation. Mm-hmm. That's the sensation of numbness, right? And so it's like, if you, like we could just pick something, right? It's like if you try and place your attention on your arm and you can't feel it, that's, that's data. Mm-hmm. Like that's data that like, oh, actually arm is numb. Mm-hmm. Oh, good to know. And a lot of places we could go with that data. 100%. 100%. And I think, you know, I just like, I'm called to this, like, you know, when you're in those spots too, like being extra gentle with yourself. Right. Cause I think there's this, this, I, I kind of, I use the language of like thawing the freeze, 
right? Like we're like, there's this like numb frozen sense or disassociation kind of are the traditional psychotherapy terms or somatic terms for this type of thing possibly. But as you're saying, like, it might not be that it might just be that your pathways aren't online and it's just an exploration or a lack of languaging or, you know, you know, it could be a variety of things, but it's also just to say when you are in those spots, doing 30 minutes of rapid breathing, a bunch of hot, cold plunges and like then checking your body out. Like you might be a, you might feel something and B you might actually further dysregulate yourself, which would actually deepen the numbness, even if you temporarily feel something. Mm -hmm. So it's just like that. Be gentle with yourself, you know, I think, you know, a lot of what I see in my practice, right. Or, you know, I'm doing, I have a psychotherapy practice and, you know, a lot of people are coming in because things aren't working for whatever reason. Right. And then we start to get curious about that. And I think the center line is a, a wonderful way of starting to like think of places to, to be placing attention. You know, you know, some would call these chakras. That's not a, that's not a system I'm, I'm, I'm educated in and I'm not going to really speak to it in that way. But I think of like, even for, from sort of genitals, belly, heart, throat, head, right? Like these are just like, these are centers that you can learn to just like focus your awareness at, right? And it's like, what's it like to notice, like a lot of guys come into my practice, right? And like, you ask them like, what do they feel in their, you know, in their chest? And like, oh, it's just dull. Oh, yeah. And how's your marriage, right? Like, oh. Kind of, kind of shit, actually. Mm. You know, it's like right. Those and those could be related. You know, and so even starting to pay attention to right that there's like, oh, I just feel a general sense of dullness in my chest. Right, like that's fantastic data. That's mm. such great. That's such wonderful information to have access to. Right, and then it's like, cool. Is that is that true all the time in your life? Are there times where it's not that way? Right. And then you can start, you know, you start paying attention to that. You start like, oh no, like when I'm, when I'm playing with the kids, like oh, I actually feel really good. Mm-hmm. Like, Great. Right. Let's pay attention to that. Let's help, mm-hmm. help you have more of that. Let's help you build the experiential reference point for that. So that neurally you're actually wiring in like the, every moment you spend mindfully attending to a sensation, you're helping to neurally map it more. You're mm-hmm. actually like your brain is pulsing electrical activity into that neural, into that neural network. And that will build out over time. 100%. And this is like, you know, and just to like the inverse is true too, right? In those moments where you're like, man, I'm with my kid and I feel distracted or scattered or chaotic, right? It's turning the attention towards like, how have you been perpetuating that sensation as well? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I don't mean to like shame people, but like I noticed that with my daughter sometimes it's like, dude, I can just stay there for hours and it's wonderful. And other times like, I've got to go do this email or this perception of urgency, urgency and distraction. So it's it, it really, yeah. yeah. Totally. I mean, and like none of us are going to be like fully embodied and present all of the time. That's certainly not, you know, I heard a great phrase the other day. I think it was by, by Ganga Ji. Our task is not to be home all the time. It's to know when we're not home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, and that's where, you know, again, I think the more we can actually access what's happening in our body, the more we're actually going to have a sense of like, when, when do we have a sense of home in ourselves? Mm -hmm. 
Totally, you know, pushing too much. When are we not pushing enough? When are we, when are we like dull and collapse and need to kind of actually get a little more energy in this system? Mm -hmm. And there was, I had a moment yesterday where like Bonnie and I were, my wife, Bonnie and I were talking about this new website and shifting the color around. And I was like, I got so disproportionately stressed out about it. Right. And, you know, like later on, and then I had to move into some client client work. And then after that, I was on a walk to kind of decompress and shot her a text being like, sorry, that I got like pressury towards you. Your request came at a time where I was already beyond my capacity and like beyond what would like I can do skillfully, like for literally, like I didn't have the knowledge to do what you were asking. You know, these moments where you're like, oh, right. That's what that was. Like for me in that moment, that's yeah. what that was. And then all of a sudden we can shift it. We can say like, okay, well, what's, you know, we can be more curious. Like why? Like what was, what am I neglecting? What am I attached to? What am I, what are these, you know, et cetera. So. Love it. Right. And like, just right. Not every moment's the moment to be making big decisions. (laughs) No, dude, totally. (laughs) Right. I mean, right. Totally. And I think it's like, what are, what is like the maybe like, one to five big decisions you need to be making. Like, you know, like ditching out on maybe 20 of them and focusing in on like the one to five and building a routine and building a practice that stabilizes all this. Mm-hmm. You know, because like a lot of those decisions we make daily burn up a ton of energy, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. Right. You know, I, I I think with all of this in mind too, you know, and the fact that, I think there's something timely about all of this too. The fact that we're, you know, quarantined and dealing with the world as we are right now, you know, I think um, things have slowed down for a lot of us, you know, who are fortunate enough to um, be able to work from home. And we're used to going, we're used to, you know, moving around a lot more. In a lot of ways, this is a perfect time to be developing a little bit more of a sense you know, if, if it's available to you, a sense of what's true for you, which sense for what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think this is, this is absolutely a time to be sort of cultivating a stance of receptivity, mm-hmm. you know, and the reason I say receptivity in this, right, it's like, because as we learn how to be more receptive with, with what's happening, right, like, yeah, we can, we, we can make better decisions. We can, we can actually honor what's true. About like, you know what? I'm actually too tapped out to do more of this today. Mm-hmm. I actually like, actually what I need is to rest. Mm-hmm. You know, not something I think most of us are too good at in this culture. <laughs> you know, and so a way of playing with this, right, is um, this will sort of involve the more of the embodiment piece as well. Like wherever you are, right? Just like take a look around. Like if you're in a, if, like, unless you're driving, please keep driving safely but everyone else like just let your like let your eyes drift around the space you're in and just like let them find something they're interested in it could be anything it could just it could be a piece of land it could be absolutely anything but just let let your eyes just land on something that they're curious about and then we're going to play with this right like notice is your awareness going out to that object or are you letting that object arrive in your awareness like what's it like to keep your presence keep your awareness 
firmly planted in you and let that object come to you. Hmm. And then a further way to play with this, right, is like, yeah, and, and you can do that through the eyes. You can also do that through your heart or your belly or your genitals, like receive, receive your experience of that phenomena from one of these other centers. These are all, these are all intelligent centers. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a, that's a novel experience for me, certainly. And I, you know, I looked, I initially was looking at a picture of Bonnie and I kissing at our wedding and then kind of Mihai chicks at Mihai's flow book is in like my screen when I looked back at you. And then, <laughs> then I looked at the delete key on my keyboard and I was like, it was just such a unique experience because there's, to, there's still a merging that happens Absolutely. even when you're going out to meet something. But so like, there's like a, oh, there's another gear of slowing down was my sense. Wow. I was like, and I mean, as you know, better than a lot of people would, like that is not an easy thing for me to do. I'm a very ambitious person who does not like sitting still. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's like, this is a, for me, at least for the listeners that are, have made it this far, like this is a, this is a practice. Like this is just a, a practice, you know, there's no, I'm not sure there's an arrival. I'm sure I know that it changes over time, but it's just an ongoing practice. There's no <clears throat> sticking the landing here, right? This is just about learning to, I think, enjoy. I think this is, for me, this is about enjoyment. This is actually about having more pleasure in life. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think, you know, it's interesting that even just, I'm just going to name this and then we'll see where it goes is like part of my experience of slowing down, like just in my personal work has involved using some pretty intense techniques. Right. So it's like, there's a certain level of even like, as I slow myself down and I'll just kind of name them as breath work and psychedelics and oftentimes together, or even like TRE, which is another intense process. There's a certain intensity of those things that kind of like meets me in a nourishing way. And in a way it's like a, there's kind of two parts. One's like the, well, we're cutting <clears throat> into a deeper area than maybe I would as fast as I can with those. Yeah. Anyway, there's a lot to be said there. That's not fully processed for me, obviously, but I think, no, I mean, it's great. I mean, I mean, those are all beautiful, very skillful, skillful ways of doing this. I mean, you know, and, and not to judge this, right. But it's like, we all have ways of slowing down, whether we're going to, you know, get high or have a drink or check out on the TV. Right. And, right. And, you know, you go to, you know, start learning these other things of like, well, right. There's all these other ways of slowing down that, uh, might be nourishing for my nervous system, you know, like uh, working with psychedelics in a good way or um, breath work. All, they're all fantastic, right? Like all of this is good. And, and there's a way in which, right, it can all be more doing as well. Mm-hmm. It's like we go from doing work to doing relaxation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I got to try. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I better put that on my WAP so I can cross it out later. <laughs> you know, because... You know, and and there's a certain scaffolding and support that we need for that of like, hey, like, you know, maybe we need some peer accountability to make sure we eat well and exercise and slow down. But we also want to move past that scaffolding at some point and like build in a flow and a memory and a like muscle memory of it. So, yeah, beautifully. Yeah, beautifully said. 
Hmm. Well, what, uh, I mean, is there, is there any other pieces you want to leave people with? You know, there's, there's such a broad topic and you've done such a wonderful job at navigating it. I, I mean, I feel like you and I could just keep talking for hours, mm-hmm. you know? I, I mean, I think I'll leave by just saying something quite simple in regards to this topic, which is that, I mean, right, maybe simple and not easy, right? Which is as we start to tune in more to what's, what's really unfolding for us in our lives, you know, the more we can really get a sense of what's good for us. And everyone's journey is just so unique, you know. And some of the things, you know, we've presented today, like, I hope they're useful. And, um, you know, there may, there may be some other things that are really pressing that are needed. Right? I mean, talk about uh, right, gut health or strength training. I mean, there's just so many ways to, to, to grow ourselves and things that we need to focus on are also different. And so in that, I think, you know, I would just want to impart to the listeners like to, to continue to, to learn how to trust yourself right? and to just stay close to what, ever is good for you mm-hmm. and stay close to it for as long as it continues to be good for you. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. And thank you, Pierre, so much. We'll have links in the show notes for people to get in touch with you for follow-up questions, sessions. I know you also do professional consultation and yeah, thank you so much. And we'll, uh, <laughs> well, you and I will definitely be in touch. And I'm guessing for the listeners that want more of this, I know there's, about a thousand more things Pierre and I want to talk about together. So he'll probably be back on the show again soon. So thanks again. Thanks a lot, Mike.